Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. He gets so crazy at times. It sounds like... You yell back at your radio. What are you talking about? What the hell? He gets so angry. You tweet to try and calm him down. Now, he gets an hour all to himself. It's Sparky's Midday Madness on the fan with Steve Sparky Pfeiffer. Presented by the Milwaukee Admirals. Visit them at milwaukeeadmirals.com. Sparky's Midday Madness presented to you by the Milwaukee Admirals live from the Lakeland University studios offering evening and online master's programs. Learn more at lakeland.edu slash get started. Fun show coming up today. We continue the Bucks one year anniversary uh, celebration with a guy we've never had on. I don't know if he's ever been on any show on this station. Maybe he has. I don't remember. Uh, but Bucks super fan Nathan Marzian, I think that's how you say his name. If I got his last name wrong, we'll figure it out when he comes on. Uh, He'll join us in about 13 minutes. Uh, And uh, obviously, if you're on social media, if you're on Twitter, you're well aware of who this is. Marquette's student. Uh, And just blew up. I mean, how many followers does he have on Twitter? Have you looked? I think he's got like 35,000 followers on Twitter or something crazy like that. Like, just completely... Uh, is that like Bucks super fan that everybody kind of follows and reacts to on Twitter and so forth? Just a few shy of 36k. Yeah, a few shy. It's like triple what I've got. You know, for instance. Uh, so yeah, so we'll talk with Nathan coming up here in about 13 minutes about that run. Uh, for the Bucks to win a championship last year in about 13 minutes or so. Plus, Dave Coleman of the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel will join us uh, as they announced uh, yesterday uh, down in Chicago that NASCAR is going to have a street race down there, road course race, whatever you want to call it. I call it a street race. Uh, they're going to have a street race down there, and it appears uh, that Road America will be X'd out uh, going forward as of right now. So essentially, Road America comes off the schedule. Uh, and Chicago goes on the schedule. So we'll talk with Dave Coleman about that in about one half hour. Also, uh, news coming out just before uh, we started our show, the Milwaukee Admirals and President John Greenberg announced today that the team will kick off the home portion of this upcoming season on Saturday, October 22nd at 6 o'clock against the Manitoba Moose at Panther Arena. The Admirals' complete schedule release, along with the rest of the HL League schedule coming up tomorrow. But the home opener will be against Manitoba. Uh, and they faced Manitoba in the first round this year and knocked out Manitoba out of the playoffs. So Saturday, October 22nd, 6 o'clock, Admirals and the Moose at Panther Arena. Sounds like a 1-0 start to the 2022 campaign. Yeah, I would think so. Uh, okay, so uh, before uh, we get back to our Bucks talk here coming up in the next segment, AR, you found something. We were um, talking about all kinds of things during the uh, the show today, 
Um, and, and talking about the fact that uh, a lot of people maybe couldn't afford to get tickets to go to the NBA Finals, and some people were probably going to the Deer District that couldn't afford it and wanted to still be a party, a part of the party or part of the celebration. Um, and then we got started getting into talk about travel baseball and the expense of that and travel sports and how uh, that isn't as affordable for people. And that kind of squeezes out a lot of people that can't afford uh, to be a part of that. Um, so we got into all of that conversation. And then next thing you know, AR comes at me with average cost of going to an actual major league baseball game uh, at this point. This randomly just came up while we were doing uh, the Wendy's Big Show. What do you got? Yeah, we've got a list that was compiled. And it seems like every year around this time, some group or some organization puts together the average numbers for this. This year, it comes from The Hustle. And they have calculated the cost for a family to go to a baseball game. That's the name of the graphic. Now, their uh, criteria for this, uh, what they're basing this on, is the total cost for four tickets. And you mentioned when I brought this up off the air, well, what tickets are they talking about? They say the average of the lowest priced spots when it comes to this and then also general parking as well as included in here. Plus for food, they have four hot dogs, two beers, and two sodas. So I'm assuming family of four, adults get their beverages, kids get theirs, and then everyone has a hot dog at the game, sits in their seats, and they drive there so they're parking their car. The average for 2022, according to The Hustle, for these items comes out to $204.76 for one game. That's the average across all 30 Major League Baseball teams. The Brewers check in at $195.90, so they are 14th, just above the Braves, who are middle of the pack. The most expensive experience for a family of four, according to this list, comes in Boston, where they have calculated it will run you $324 for a family of four. The cheapest at $126, the Arizona Diamondbacks. And then you asked me to continue this, how this list and the teams at the top in particular rank in terms of payroll, which I thought was interesting also. So I have those numbers for us also, courtesy of our friends at SpotTrack, who we use to track a lot of these salaries for players, and they also have payroll trackers on SpotTrack as well. Uh, Let's see. So the top payroll, obviously, is the Dodgers. They just eke out the Mets, and then the Yankees are there as well. The Yankees are third most expensive at $302 for a family of four, third on the payroll, third on this list. Uh, Houston is fourth. They have the 10th highest payroll in baseball. The Cubs and that area around Wrigley Field and Wrigleyville, which has really blown up the last 15 years, they are the second most expensive fan experience for a family of four. Just 14th, though, in payroll this year with all the cuts they made at the end of last year. And then the Nationals round out the top five at $280. Their payroll is actually 20th in baseball at $129.6 million. Wow. See, and and again, you start talking about, you know, who can afford it, who can't afford it. Uh, And that is why those people that can't afford it, you know, want to watch it on TV. That is why I've said forever and a day. And I will continue to preach until the day I die, even though it's never going to happen again. Not being on over-the-air television really sucks. It really does. Because not everybody can afford 
uh, to have cable or have DirecTV. Not everybody can afford to have some type of fancy smartphone and then pay for all these different apps in order to watch all these different streaming services. You're really taking out a good portion of a potential fan base by not having that available to them to necessarily watch one way or the other. Like, so for instance, we were talking about this earlier as far as, um, you know, these kids that can't afford to to play or their parents can't afford to have them play or whatever, or there's just not as many kids that want to play the game of baseball uh, as there are, you know, basketball or other sports. Well, fine. But part of the reason I bet you, I'm willing to bet you, is NBA is on over-the-air TV, folks, right? It's on ABC. For years, it was on NBC. So you get that experience of being able to watch whatever the game of the week is or a couple of games on during the week and then in the playoffs, same type of thing. You get that experience. In baseball, you get that as well to a degree. Uh, You know, your Fox game of the week or whatever, you'll get that. The actual local team itself is not on over-the-air TV. And the same thing goes with the Bucks. Now, the nice thing there is the Bucks do get a lot of national over-the-air TV games on ABC or whatever because they're really good. Forever in a day, they weren't, and they were never on those games. The Brewers, as good as they are, they never get on. Uh, well, I shouldn't say they never, but they don't get on maybe necessarily as much as the Bucks do with their game of the week. You know, back in the day when the Brewers, I'm showing my age, but back in the day with the Brewers, they would be on 18 and 24. When I was growing up, they were on 18 or 24. And you turn the little roto tower thingy to north, south, east, or west, trying to get the reception to come in, and you'd be able to, to watch your game. And now that that's all been pretty much but eliminated and everything is, you know, on cable or satellite uh, or uh, through these app services that you're going to pay 20 or 30 bucks a month for or whatever – you're to me, you're eliminating people that could be fans, whether it be old or young. You know, a lot of these older people can't afford to have all this other stuff uh, and have all this money because they don't have the income coming in. So you're taking them away as well. I did a little digging and I tried to find teams that now still have over the air games, even in any capacity whatsoever. But this data I'm looking at is from 2019, so obviously it's three years out, and I have a feeling COVID wreaked havoc on a lot of broadcasters' budgets, so a lot of this is probably different now. With the Cubs, of course, switching over to Marquee, their games are not on WGN or ABC7 anymore, and then the White Sox obviously eliminated. They had about 125 games between the two of them over the air. Right. The Yankees, as of 2019, they only had 21 games on free broadcast, the Giants, Dodgers, and now Guardians were the only other teams. Other than that, you're right. Every other team in baseball is not available on over-the-air TV. No. It's and it, it is reality. That's where it is. And, you know, if you look in Milwaukee, Fox 6, CBS 58, WISN Channel 4, or WISN Channel 12, and then Channel 4, the NBC affiliate, I don't believe, and if I'm wrong, by all means, somebody tell me I'm wrong, I don't believe any of them come to the table for negotiating rights for the Milwaukee Brewers or for the Bucks. Neither. Now, I, I don't know if that's because all of these networks have put a kibosh on it and pretty much said you're not eliminating our primetime lineup. Because for baseball, that's a lot of games that you would have to eliminate. Or not a lot of games, a lot of shows. So maybe that's not a possibility for them. 
I had heard talk a while back that 18 and 24 were interested um, in, in maybe getting back into the game and maybe doing something with that. But that never really materialized um, necessarily at the end of the day, the way I think that they were hoping they could. Uh, but then that company is essentially the company that ended up with the regional sports network. Um, so it all kind of went the other way uh, at the end. But I, that, that that's part of it. And the other part of it is when we start talking about, you know, figuring out ways to get people there is through church groups, boys and girls clubs, stuff like that. That's another way where you can get those people that maybe can't afford to get to those games there retired uh you know maybe don't have the income whatever you want to talk about there's other ways to get people to these games if there's a concerted effort made i would agree yeah uh coming up next super fan and he this guy here had something done for him by bucks fans that was truly amazing um that afforded him a, a very cool opportunity uh, uh as a bucks fan to do that you know financially there was no way he was gonna be able to pull off the Bucks fans rallied around and wanted him to get him somewhere. We'll tell you all about that Bucks super fan, Nathan Marzian. I think that's how you say his name. If not, we'll find out. Coming up next here on Sparky's Midday Madness, presented to you by the Milwaukee Admirals. Sparky's Midday Madness, presented to you by the Milwaukee Admirals on 1250 AM. The fans, Steve Sparky Pfeiffer with you. AR Adam Roberts, executive producer, other side of the glass. We broadcast live from the Lakeland University studios. Joining us now, I, I call him Bucks super fan. I don't know if he's ever been on this station one way or the other. If he has been, I've never heard of him, but I've always wanted to kind of get him on and, and talk to him because uh, he has blown up on social media. Nathan Marzian joins us now here on Sparky's Midday Madness as we relive uh, the Bucks from one year ago, uh, the anniversary of the Bucks winning a championship. Uh, thanks for coming on, man. Appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's a, it's a fun day. Good day to celebrate, you know, what happened. And crazy, that's already been a year. I can't believe it. No doubt. All right, so I want to start from the beginning with you. So how did this all blow up for you? Like, what was the moment where you're like, oh, boy, this is kind of taking on a life of its own right now on social media because your social media account has been that whole deal. And we'll talk about the cool thing the Bucks fans did for you uh, coming up here. But when did it all kind of blow up where, you know, your followers really started uh, kind of doubling and tripling on you? Um, I think it was around like maybe three or four years ago. I know I started um, tweeting, you know, I, I was always been a huge Bucks fan, huge Packers fan. And I think I started making some videos and just making funny stuff and people started liking it. And then, it, you know, it, it took off a ton during the playoffs last year. I know I was, um, I probably gained, you know, I don't know, 10,000 just during that playoff run alone or close to there. So that definitely is what helped me. I think, you know, just the Bucks becoming good and you know, it, it before it was kind of me tweeting about a team that wasn't very good. And so it was hard to kind of get people excited about it, get, you know, people behind it. Um, and nobody on Bucks Twitter had too much of a following where um, I think now it's a little bit easier because, you know, you got Giannis, you got a really good team. More people want to want to be talking about the Bucks and want to be following Bucks people. So, um, you know, I, I think them winning definitely helped it take off a little bit. And again, you're you're at Marquette. I mean, it's not like you're a 45 year old man or doing whatever the case may be here. Uh, in kind of, you've been kind of through the whole thing one way or the other. So you're just a, you know, like I say, a super bucks fan. Like they, you are, they're probably number one super bucks fan in my opinion at this point. Um, so it blows up. But then the, the, the thing that blew my mind was how social media essentially got you to a playoff game in another city. Yeah, that was, it was crazy. Um, I mean, people and it happened, I mean, it was, it was, Last year with Brooklyn, and then people helped out also. We went to Boston this year, and it was just, I mean, 
this year was more because okay, last year it worked. So let's see if we can get to good luck again. But last year's when we went to Brooklyn was um, kind of just you know in the moment, like all of a sudden it was like oh, like we should try to go to Brooklyn, and people were DMing me and you know tagging me like constantly, like oh, you got to go, and you know we'll we'll Venmo you and all that stuff. Um, and so I just put out there, I was like, you know, I'm not, not going to sit here and like beg for money or anything, but if, if you want to contribute, like you can, um, cause I've, I know people want to. And so uh, we got a lot of people contributing and it was really cool. We had a, we got way more than we needed. And so, um, we got to at least, you know, we donated a bunch of money at the end to, to different, um, charities and stuff like that. So it was cool to do that as well. And kind of, um, have see the, you know, people's money going to a good cause as well. So all that stuff. I mean, it was, it was, it was crazy. I couldn't believe the the support I got. And it just kind of goes to show that that stuff, like, you know, it, it, it is just a Twitter following and all that, but it also like, it, it's given me some cool experiences and, and done some cool things for me. So. Yeah. Like you're out and chicks are like, are you him? Are you that guy? I mean, give me a break, man. <laughs> as a college guy, man, having that type of popularity. Good Lord, help everybody. Uh, what, what, what about this? What, what was your favorite moment from that run? I mean, I'm sure you've got a ton of them, but what was your favorite moment from that whole run uh, to that championship? I got to say that game seven in Brooklyn, I think after that, so um, the Hawks series was awesome, but it, you know, Giannis was hurt at the time. You didn't really know what was going to happen with him. So you, you know, you weren't sure going forward, is Giannis even going to play all that. And then in the finals was the finals was too surreal for me almost. Like it was just like, you know, that game six was, you know, yeah. And in game five, the oop and the block and game four, like all those moments, it was like, is this really happening? You almost couldn't even, like I couldn't even, you know, just, just again, being such a fan for a long time, like I couldn't even fathom what was going on. So it was almost hard for me to, in the moment, like really understand what was happening. Whereas game seven in Brooklyn, I feel like was like the moment where, you know, it, it wasn't the finals or anything. So I could kind of grasp what was happening, but it was also like, this is, we're getting over the hump. Like this is it. And that game was obviously just the craziest game ever. And, um, you know, again, we were lucky enough to be there and all that. So that added to it. It was, I'd say game seven in Brooklyn probably will forever be, and you know, I mean, I don't know what's going to happen in the future, but will probably forever be like the craziest game I've ever been to and probably the craziest game I ever experienced. What is that popularity that you have like when you're down at a Bucks game or in the Deer District or whatever? Like, is it crazy? Like people are always wanting to talk to you and stuff or do people leave you alone? It's, it's, I mean, it's just enough to be cool without enough to be like annoying. Like I feel like, you know, I go to Bucks games or I go downtown to the bars and stuff like you have people coming up to you and it's like, Oh, you know, I like what you do. And, um, you know, Oh, you're Nate, blah, blah, blah. Or people, sometimes people are just like, are you that guy that tweets about the Bucks? Or are you that the guy that loves Giannis? I'm like, yeah, that's me. Um, sure. But it's cool. Like, it's not enough that it's like, Oh my God, it's, it's crazy popularity, but it's like, it's again, just enough that I think it's like fun and it's cool to be able to talk to people. Like I go out and it's like, I can just talk to people about the Bucks. I can talk to people about sports and like, you know, meet some cool people. So, um, it's been, like I said, just enough to be to be cool without being like over the top or anything insane. Yeah, and then you uh, also got to suffer with Marquette as well. Now they have Shaka, so things will turn around finally as a Marquette and Wisconsin fan, which is weird because I didn't go to either school, so I can root for both. Uh, but yeah, so we'll <laughs> see what Marquette does going forward with Shaka. But I, I want to know this because I know you don't you do some podcasting as well. Yeah, we do. I mean, it's kind of connected to Twitter. Like we do some Twitter live streams and they end up going out on, you know, Spotify and um, YouTube and all that stuff. But I guess it's more linked to my Twitter where every, you know, week or so me and my friend will kind of hop on a, a live stream, talk some bucks or talk some NBA. Um, that's mainly what we do is, is bucks and NBA stuff. So 
um, yeah. And I also do some writing and stuff like that. So, so what's the dream? What's, what's the end game for you? Do you want to get into sports media, uh, industry? Do you want to do something else? I don't even know what your major is at Marquette. So what, what's the dream here? How does this end? Yeah. I mean, so I just graduated actually, I had a degrees in uh, data science and also communications. So I'm into like the sports analytics side and I like doing that and kind of combining it with like writing articles, using stats sure. and using numbers and stuff. Um, and I, I, I think just having the whole Twitter thing is kind of like, you know, it, it helps me in terms of maybe I can do something in, in sports media down the line. It's definitely, I, I want to obviously do something in sports, whether it be sports media, sports writing, um, sports analytics. I'm not entirely sure what I want to do, but I just know that, you know, sports and NBA and the box is kind of like always where my passion has been. So um, definitely something I want to get into. Yeah, I mean, it's it's one uh, of those. It's one of those deals. I mean, you can look uh, around. I mean, you know, you look around sports right now, and numbers are who the general managers end up being nowadays in pro sports. Whether that be Major League Baseball, David Stern's huge numbers guy uh, in in what his yep. background was in college. So that that I mean that that could lead you to one day being general manager of the Bucks. Who knows how this whole thing plays out? <laughs> hey, that'd be that'd be awesome if I could be uh, making making the moves and everything. But if we are making any bad moves, if if by any chance, you know, become GM and make any bad moves. Don't don't get too mad at me. So I better be retired by that point. That's all I got to tell you, Nathan. <laughs> I better be retired by that point. Nathan, hey man, thanks for coming on, man. Really appreciate it and uh, talking to the Bucks number one super fan. Appreciate it. Awesome. Thanks for having me. You bet. You take care. There he is, Nathan Marzian. Uh, follow him on Twitter at Nathan Marzian uh, as well. You follow him on Twitter? I do. And uh, you mentioned him as GM and you being retired. Well, you won't have to worry. I'll be in that seat, and I'll be yelling at him about some moves that have been made in 2050. Hey, man, you go right ahead and do it. I, I shouldn't even say I'm going to be retired because the way it goes now, we have guys running organizations at, like, 35. So And you got I another mean, kid coming. That could be 10, 12 years from now, and I definitely will still be working in 10 or 12 years. But like you said, if it's 30 years from now, I'm, like, 76. No, I will. I don't think I'll be on the radio at 76. I, All right. I'd probably... I might still be on the radio in my 60s if I'm lucky enough not to get fired. Before You'll be that. doing call-ins to the Wendy's Big no. Show with AR no. and whomever. Absolutely not happening. <laughs> there is no chance. Do you realize I've never called into a sports talk show in my life outside of here as a host or at another station that I was on? I was going to say, you're going to be on the sports lead and lacrosse later today. Right, but I'm just saying calling in as like a listener. like Before I got into doing this as a living never called in as a listener to a sports talk show ever again. People are always like, oh, you know, uh, you know, I, I listen, but I, 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 I don't call. I mean, the, the, the data tells us people in radio that I think it's less than 1%. It's a small number. Actually call into a show. Ever? It takes a special kind ever. of person to be a caller to any radio station, but sports in yes, particular. For sure. There's no question that that is, that is, that is uh, part of the deal. So, all right, we'll take a quick time. I'll come back on the other side. Uh, I want to catch up with uh, Dave Coleman, uh, who, you know, back in the day when I had Sparky's final inspection, we talked racing all the time. He would be on with Steve Zotke, NASCAR Girl Summer Santana, back when we did that show. Dennis Michelson would be on. And uh, we would always have Dave Coleman on to talk about whatever was going on, NASCAR, IndyCar, Formula One, um, whatever. And, you know, since that show has gone away on our station, we don't talk as much racing. And I'm definitely not going to go there on the big show with Gary and Leroy because they don't really follow it one way or the other. I, to be honest, don't follow it nearly as much as I used to. I was in a fancy NASCAR league for years and so forth. And I don't do nearly as much of all of that. But having said that, 
I am still following it enough to know when there is major news that probably should be addressed. And this is major news that affects us. That affects us here in Wisconsin. Um, The fact of the matter is that it appears, uh, after the announcement yesterday, the Cup uh, race for NASCAR, the top series, if you're not a racing fan, uh, they're going to race on the streets of downtown Chicago, it appears, um, coming up starting, I think it's next year. Uh, and it also appears, based on reports, that maybe Road America got X'd out to make room for Chicago. Now, I believe the deal that I read was a three-year deal uh, for the city of Chicago. So I I really want to see what Dave Coleman thinks of all of this because, I mean, he's been covering races at Road America for 100 years. Now, this does not mean Road America's in trouble or they're going to lose other series or anything like that. It does not. Forever in a day, they've always wanted cup racing uh, there. Uh, That was always kind of maybe one of the goals that everybody kind of always talked about and so forth. Um, And they survived just fine and made more than enough money over the years without a cup race. And they will do just fine without a cup race again going forward. So I don't want everybody going, oh, my God, Road America is going to close. Oh, my God. No, 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 no. That's that's not what this is. This is not the Milwaukee Mile story. This is Road America is fine. There's no trouble. But I just am intrigued. To find out from Dave Coleman, like the thinking behind all of this, um, and then how did Road America get axed off off of the schedule versus some other track that has maybe multiple races that could have gone by the wayside uh, as well. So we'll talk with Dave Coleman of the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel up next here on Sparky's Midday Madness, presented to you by the Milwaukee Admirals, who announced today their home opener will be on Saturday, October 22nd, against the Manitoba Moose. Sparky's Midday Madness. Presented to you by the Milwaukee Admirals. Announcing their home date earlier today. Check that out at MilwaukeeAdmirals.com. Rest of the Admiral schedule, AHL schedule, I can talk, comes out tomorrow. So we'll have more details on that for you tomorrow here on Sparky's Midday Madness 2. Joining us now on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline, he is motorsports writer for the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel forever and a day. He is Dave Coleman. Dave, thanks for coming on, man. Appreciate it. My pleasure. It's been a while. It has been a while. I, uh, I, I'm not watching as much as I used to watch um, because while well, we have a baby on the way coming on Monday, I got kids in travel sports and everything, and I'm just I, I hardly have time for myself. So don't really watch as much as I <laughs> as much as I used to watch back when I was cold, lonely, and single. But um, having having said that, Dave Coleman, uh, I know uh, a major story when I see one, and this announcement that the Cup Series is heading to Chicago uh, is a fairly major story for a number of reasons. Like, there is a racetrack in Joliet already um, that they were racing at back in the day, Chicagoland Speedway. Um, and then there was a road course race uh, at Road America. Um, so there's that, but now out of the blue, maybe not out of the blue because I'm out of the loop, but now all of a sudden we're going to have a street race uh, in the city of Chicago. Uh, and I guess I'm a little bit surprised uh, that we've decided to go this way. Maybe you can give me more of the thinking behind what all went into this. Sure. Uh, this is an idea that uh, NASCAR apparently started kind of kicking around really in 2019, the uh, same time they started kicking around the idea of um, the Clash, the exhibition opener uh, at the in the L.A. Coliseum, which they did last year. So they had this idea, kind of developed a little bit, but, you know, 2019, that was about the time that they gave, uh, no, it wasn't a little, well, let's see, no. 
That's before before they even committed to uh, two years at Road America. So um, I think we need to be a little bit careful about how we word this, how we how we think about this. I think people want to work, to think about this as Road America lost its race when in fact Road America never had a 2023 race, never had a promise of a 2023 race. It had a nice two-year run, and there was already this idea on the back burner. Certainly, um, downtown Chicago is splashy. It's sexy. It'll look really good in television negotiations, which start next year. Um, It's the idea of bringing the sport to a new audience, to a different place, um, to uh, the the heart of a metro area of 9.6 million people. there's there's a lot there's a lot of, you know there there's a lot of positive there for NASCAR and for Chicago if it can all get pulled off. I know people uh, one of the first complaints and this is a monologue I, suddenly I realized but uh, uh, you know people want to want to diss downtown Chicago and oh it's dangerous and you can't you can't do this and can't do that forgetting about like the Bears play there and Lollapalooza draws 120 thousand people a day and whatnot. So it's just different. It's it's a much different way of thinking from what NASCAR has traditionally done. And, you know, whether you um, agree with the, the decision, of the, I mean, whether you agree with this choice, whether you think it's going to make it, if you think it's going to make it at all, if you think it's going to make it three years, whatever, I think you need to at least respect the idea that current management of NASCAR is willing to look at new ideas, willing to innovate. Now, if they hadn't, they wouldn't have had the Cup Series at Road America two years ago, right? That was something That's true. something different. Yep. So uh, that was a really long-winded answer, I guess. But, uh, you know, there's a lot that went into it. And, uh, you know, would it be my first choice? No. Can I understand how it came to be? Yeah, absolutely. Let's talk about the TV ratings first. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink... What you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing. However you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there.
there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odysseypodcast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash odysseypodcast now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash odysseypodcast. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Because I, again, I've been out of the loop. I haven't followed as much. Where is NASCAR with their TV ratings now versus where it was when you had Dale Earnhardt Jr., you had Jeff Gordon, you had those guys, uh, and now those young guns now are becoming the older drivers, the Kyle Bushes and Keselowskis and those guys now are becoming those vets, those stars. Uh, Harvick is trying not to retire sometime soon because he's older than dirt like me now. Um, so, I mean, from from that perspective, you've got this other series on CBS now that have all those guys, like Tony Stewart and those guys, SRX or whatever it's called. Um, and I don't know what their ratings look like either, but... If Chicago is a grab for TV ratings, I get it. I totally understand it. But my question is, like, is it has it changed at all? Are they going up? Are they going down? Have they kind of flatlined over the last couple of years? Where is it? Yeah, it's, it's somewhere between you know static and down. I think you're, but you're seeing. I, I don't know a lot about the TV industry, but it seems like you're seeing that in general, just because there is so much out there. Sure, you're dividing it. You keep cutting the, the, the same size pie into smaller pieces. You know what I mean? Um, so it's uh, – or to more pieces. Whatever I'm trying – you know what I'm trying to say. Um, so are our ratings great? No. Does uh, NASCAR make $8 billion on its TV contract? Yes. Something like that. Um, I obviously didn't see it. But point of it is there's a ton of money to be had out there for NASCAR and consequently for the sport, um, if it can do that, if it can go to the hometown of McDonald's, the hometown of how many other corporate headquarters, you know? Um, so TV ratings are, you know, nothing to write home about. They're not, I don't know that they're, uh, the sport is dead as some people would like to say, because the, the TV ratings aren't what they were in uh, 2002 or 1992, you know, um, it's just, it's, it's a different time. And, and consequently it, it, maybe it takes some different thinking. Too. Well, like you said, though, I mean, there's, there's more entertainment accessible literally at your fingertips on your phone now than there was back when Earnhardt and Petty and those guys were racing. There were only so many things on your TV, uh, that you could watch. And that was usually one of the things that people would choose to watch. And that's why it was so popular. All right. So Having said that, 
let's let's go to the next the next step here. What does this now mean for Road America now going forward? How big of a hit do they take? Um, again, it's I think this is one of those things we've got to be careful. How much of a hit do they take? Well, they're ahead of where they were two years ago. I would think so. Because, because many more people, a significant number of people, I shouldn't say many, I don't, a significant number of people are now aware or more aware of Road America than they were before the Cup Series got there. And consequently, more of those people are going, hey, this was a really neat experience, first time there. Well, let's try one of the other events, too. Um, so, you know, it's a, it's, it is, that two-year run is a long-term, has a long-term benefit to Road America. Um, will, will the Xfinity Series be back? Maybe. Will the Xfinity Series be back with the Truck Series as a way to, to, to spice up a NASCAR weekend, put a little different spin on a NASCAR weekend? Maybe. Uh, that would be interesting. A consolation prize, yes, but, but an interesting one. So, uh, Road America. Hold on a second. I mean, hold that, on. That, I just, hold on a second. I, I want to interject because this is what I do. I interrupt you all the time. I apologize. But <laughs> what about Tony Stewart's racing series? Would that be a possibility? Would Road America want that? No. Mm-hmm. It's a, that is, that's what I'm saying. It's kind of an apples and kumquats thing. I mean, it's just, SRX is what it's supposed to be a very short field going back to sort of grassroots. Taking the taking stars, taking this interesting IROC type series right. to the fans, to yep. the short tracks, to the the way you know how things are built. It's a real short series, uh, six weeks, um, and you know it's a short field. Obviously, you couldn't put twelve or thirteen cars on a four mile track. You put people to sleep in a. That's big true. Track. Yeah, because they would take forever to. Yeah, I got you. Yep, makes sense. Yeah, no, that that does make a lot of sense. Dave Coleman of the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel, motorsports writer, joins us here on the Wendy's Big Show. Uh, one other question I have for you: what, what what's going on with the Milwaukee Mile? Is it are, are we ever going to see anything of significance back there again? Or because that wasn't their news there for a while. Like th- there was all this talk, good or bad, there was still talk, and I haven't seen anything about the Milwaukee Mile in quite some time. The uh, yeah, that's one of those that's just kind of there which is maybe that's its benefit it is there it's you know landlocked piece of state property that you know limited what you could do with it for the other options it's not like you're gonna you know tear down the grandstand and put up luxury apartments you know? right um so right now it's as far as racing goes as far as spectator type racing goes um they had the arca midwest tour which is you know sort of madison slinger type late models um on Father's Day weekend, and they'll have the Arca National Tour coming up here in uh, what about a month, um, which is August twenty eighth. Okay, yeah, I, I don't I can't keep track of what today is. So yeah, a little more five weeks, six weeks. Um, you know, a chance to maybe catch someone on the way up. So that's a way to look at it. But it's definitely, I mean, it's it's fourth tier. That's that's what it is. It's a cheap ticket. It's a chance to maybe get a little closer to people than you would. Um, well, definitely a lot closer to people than you would people, meaning drivers, teams, than you would at a cup race. So it's, it's just a different animal. And the guy who promotes those, Bob Sargent, tra- Track Enterprises, they just promote a gazillion races. Bob is bullish on the mile. He has bigger ideas 
it's just a matter of making a deal make sense for everybody. And I mean, that's, that's not easy there, but uh, we'll see. I mean, he, he is hopeful. So what that means, I mean, does he have interest in IndyCar? Sure, if the deal is right, if it can make sense for everybody. Does he have uh, designs on trucks or something like that? I don't know. That, that's a good question. But um, he's a smart guy. That's, a, that's a, a, a good company. If there's a opportunity to pull something off at the mile, that they're the ones that I think are going to do it. Dave, so Coleman, I, Dave Coleman, I remember doing final inspection with you, and we'd always say, okay, one race. What's the one race you'd want to be sitting at watching? And I, if I'm, if, tell me if I'm wrong, but I believe your answer every time I asked that over 10, 15 years was always a truck race at the Milwaukee Mile. <laughs> that was, that, that had been my answer. The, the question, we got it. The question here, if the question was, what's one race you would buy a ticket for and sit in the grandstand to watch? That was it. Because I could not believe when the truck series started. Well, yeah, let me rephrase that. The truck series of the late 90s right? Uh, at the Milwaukee Mile. Uh, the truck series has changed uh, since then. It's still great racing, but it's just different. Um, yeah, that would be my answer then. I thought that was a, that was a great, uh, very reasonable, it was like a $20 ticket uh, to, to, you know, see a national-level uh, national NASCAR race with really, really good action in the, in the Skinner Hornaday break ron hornaday there's a there's a guy and mike skinner oh my god and then you throw johnny Sauter in there and get out of the way good god <laughs> we're dating ourselves I, that's okay man those were great races man I, back in the day i'd sit there and, and do interviews with these guys after the races on 1250 and we'd have these guys all on same with indycar um back in the day we do the post indycar shows on 1250 back in the day too. me summer steve zaki we'd interview all these guys after the races and you know, some of those rivalries were real rivalries. Like, dude, seriously, just got irritated and mad at each other week in and week out. Dave, <laughs> that was that was a lot of fun, definitely. Yeah, no doubt. And again, everything changes. It is what it is. Dave Coleman, Milwaukee Journal, Sentinel. Follow him on Twitter as well, Motorsports Writer. Dave, thanks so much, man, for coming on. Appreciate it. My pleasure. You betcha. There he is, Dave Coleman on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline. Applying for home renovation loan as you're feeling anxious. Breathe. Like Great Midwest Bank, help you experience a state of tranquility. Get started at greatmidwestbank.com today. Coming up next, uh, we will talk with our guy Toby Altizer, uh, who is doing the Fan Afternoon Show this week. Um, and uh, looking forward uh, to seeing what Toby Altizer has planned coming up for his show. And we'll do that straight ahead here on 1250 AM, The Fan. Sparky's Midday Madness presented to you by the Milwaukee Admirals. Home opener announced today against the Manitoba Moose. Find out date and time. Simply go to MilwaukeeAdmirals.com. Tomorrow, the AHL uh, will announce uh, the remainder of the schedule for the upcoming season, including your Milwaukee Admirals. We'll have more details on that tomorrow here at Sparky's Midday Madness. Again, thanks to Nathan Marzian for joining us. Bucks super fan uh, in the second segment of the show. And then Dave Coleman, Milwaukee Journal Central, talking about this street race going to Chicago for three years and essentially bumping Road America off NASCAR's cup schedule. So had fun having him on. And now a guy that will always bring a smile to your face. He's polished. He's ready to go. He's Toby Altizer with the Fan Afternoon Show. I don't know about that. Show. Yeah, maybe Tim Always Shea might disagree. What? Why would Tim Shea disagree? <laughs> well, he's been uh, 
You know hey, the listen, whole. Listen, I didn't. I made you explain. It. I made Go semi uh, just little jokes here and there. I feel like it's Sam not, has been way harder it, it's on, nothing on Tim Shea like than Tony. Sam or Sam's Bart. Been, Sam's been way way harder. They're a duo in this man. Well, yeah, but 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 again, I mean, you have to realize who Sam has worked with. I mean, Sam's worked with Bart. He's worked with Rami. He's worked with Tim <laughs> Allen. Yeah. Understand, like all of this that's been built up in Sam. It's all a mixture of all of those guys that he's worked with in his career here. So Sam's like the 1250 science experiment. Uh, no. But I mean, I think it's just along the lines of whoever you hang out with is kind of some of that person rubs off on you yeah. if you hang out with them enough. Sam's been in this building forever. So he's it's been true. around me. He's been around Gary. He's been around Leroy. Uh, been around, like we said, Rami and all the other different personalities that have been here. Mm -hmm. And now you've kind of built up like this super dude on Sam Schmitz now that just takes shots at whoever's in his way. Get out of my way. I'll just take you down. And, you know, it's different. Uh, it's it, it's entertaining. But I don't know what, what his deal with Tim Shea is. Though. I think it's Bart's fault. He kind of made Bart's Tim Shea fault. a punching bag. He, he kind of turned this him in, on no, Bart. Bart Y'all got your Bart own brain him, to figure this out. Bart made Tim Shea a little bit of a punching bag, and everybody just kind of hopped on with it. Let's see, I, yeah. right. now, you could pick on anyone else. You could pick on me. Yeah, you could try yeah, to pick yeah. on someone else. Nobody, but, but, but everyone goes at Tim. Yeah, it's fine. It's it's all right. But I mean, part of this is most of us knew him before. So yeah, when yeah. he got he he came in, it was just like a friend of the family walked into the building, and here we go. And he's like the little brother now, even though he's older than most of you. <laughs> Um, he is older than all of you, um, <laughs> even with all that, but everybody knows him and he's easy to get along with. He like is, he's a he super is. cool dude and laid back. He's and great. He's one of those guys that does lend himself to get picked on a little bit. I, I think that's true. Yeah, he's great. Everybody he's great. has those friends. Uh, all right, Toby Altizer, what do you got? We're going to make fun of Tim Shea today on the that's fan afternoon horrible. show. Uh, we are actually going to do a little bit of that. Cause we got his call from after the bucks one. Don't oh. know if you heard that this morning, Bart played no. a little bit of it. Was that on Bart's show the no, morning after? No, it was with Tim when we were doing the overnight from like oh, 2 to 5. After I got off the yes. end and you all went on, right? Yeah, yeah so yeah, 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 yeah. He's, he's kind of pretty emotional. So we're going to play emotional some of that. Emotional or like wasted? Emotional. 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 Yeah, okay. Emotional. All right. So, so we're going to play some of that. Just reliving game six, man, and how the emotions were for that. I mean, it's... You know, we've heard different perspectives. You were on the air right after they won. Yep. Bart was down in the Deer District. Sam and I were lucky enough to be at the game. So we'll hear our perspectives on it. want to hear from you guys again. Because, you know, I didn't know how a year from the finals would feel. You know, I, it's awesome. You know, we were kind of leading up to it. Bart's kind of been going through Toby his thing in the morning. Toby Bucks championship gear, by the way, today. Yeah, and I, you know, Hat, I thought, shirt, I thought it would deal. be, you know, okay, it's cool, but, you know, they didn't win it this last year. But no, it just, all That's the awesome. feelings, all the videos you're seeing on Twitter, all the different things people are posting about their experiences, it's incredible. Now think, you're going to do this at 5, you're going to do this at 10, mm -hmm. you're going to do it at 15, you're going to do it at 20, you're going to do great. it at 25. I mean, I don't think you'll be here in 20 years, but if you are still here in 20 years, you're going to do this several more times. Oh, yeah. And you know what the crazy part is? It's going to get cooler every time you do it because it's going to put a smile on your face thinking back to all what all happened back then in, in, the, in that moment in time. All yeah, right. and we're going we're gonna to look at different angles with that. And then Ty Windish, he's going to join in on the celebration at 4.05. I did want to get your thoughts on this because this is one of the questions we'll ask and we'll, you know, we'll go with different angles throughout the whole thing, just celebrating game six and them winning the NBA finals. Do you think anything can come close to how special that run was and winning that? Yeah, Brewers won a title. You yeah. think it's only, but no Bucks titles, no, no. Packers, Super Bowls. It's no. just only if the Brewers win a world series or the Badgers win a football championship. Okay. Yeah. One of those, I, I think Brewers more because I think there's just more baseball MLB fans than there are maybe college football fans at this point. But, um, uh, the the 
the Goliath that would have to be slayed from a payroll perspective uh, would be amazing. And I think there are significantly more Brewers fans and Bucks fans, even with everything that went yeah, down. statewide, for sure. Right. Um, and I think the city of Milwaukee would be unhinged if they won a title. And then a parade, like, yes, there were a lot of people for the Bucks. But if you did this for the Brewers, um, like, I could see them having a whole big celebration inside of American Family Field. Yeah, yeah and they and might then, even do little things throughout the state. Who but, knows? But, I mean, not just that. You weren't here. But when they broke their 26-year run of not being in the playoffs and broke their 11-year run of not even being 500 or whatever the case may be, but that 26-year run, Yost gets fired with a few games to go. Swain mm-hmm. takes over. The Brewers are a wild card team. Do you know what they did? They hadn't played the wild card games yet, right? But before they played that game, do you know what we did? Mm. They threw a party at Summerfest. I remember that. We broadcasted <laughs> live awesome. from Summerfest. They had bands playing, the whole deal on Summerfest grounds. Vendors were open, whole deal. People were down there, and they brought the whole team in. They all came up, walked up on stage, waving in the crowd, That's grabbing awesome. the microphone. Like they won something, and they had just made the playoffs. Now, again, I'm telling you right now, if they win it, it 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 will be at a whole different level. I promise you. Whether it be something at state fairgrounds that they do mm-hmm. and open it up and put those dudes like on the Milwaukee Mile, fill the grandstands with people and the whole deal. You got the carnival rides and everything going and all this other stuff going on. That league will either happen or it will be a huge party at Summerfest with everything going on at Summerfest. It, it's going to go one of those two ways if that happens. And to be honest with you, Part of me is disappointed that the Bucks didn't get that same treatment. Like, I don't understand how there's not something like that when the Bucks won it. And you never got that. They did the Deer District. Cool. It's your deal. You celebrate in your deal. Okay, fine. I get it. But you don't get the same experience. If I took the Bucks, and I said this on the air before they did it, where I, how I would have done it, you put them on a one of those rollable stages that they use for concerts during state fair, like it's coming up here, and where they do the concerts. You put them on that stage, you put them, you fill up all of those seats inside State Fair Park in the Milwaukee Mile, mm-hmm. right? And you put them out there, the sound system and the ability to listen and see would be much better than what it was then in the Deer District, where they're having sound problems and everything else going on. That, to me, would have made sense. Then you open up everything, maybe not everything, but you open up a ton of those vendors and everything else behind that, and it's a whole day celebration and party, and it's just it's just amazing. So I think they missed the mark maybe on that. I get why they did, because they wanted to promote their own sure, deal. Sure. So I understand that. Um, but I think the Brewers, I think that would make a, just a ton of yeah, sense no, I totally if, if they were to that. win this thing. So, yeah, I think the Brewers, far and away, will supersede well because adam tells you about him driving down from lacrosse from lacrosse to go to one of the games and then have to go back to work in lacrosse you're gonna have those sort of things all over the state all over the state coming to milwaukee even if it's just for the parade i will say this if you think bucks tickets were expensive you wait they get to a world series wait till you see how much those tickets are gonna go (laughs) i will say this on my mama as someone used to say at this station if the brewers do get to the world series home or away i don't care if they're playing if there's a team that plays in Puerto Rico at that point and they're the American League, right. if the Brewers get to the World Series and they are in a position, I will go no matter where it is. I am telling you right now. I will now, go no matter where it is. As I've said before to somebody else just the other day, 
I am not paying obscene amount of money for anything. I don't care. As I far will do as it. as far as like I'm not spending like three hundred dollars to go see a baseball game. I'm not spending three hundred dollars to go see an NBA game. I don't care who's in a World Series or who's in a championship or who's in a Super Bowl. Like I will I cannot and will not justify that. There is just no chance. Now again, single, sure. Expendable you got all this extra spending money and you don't have everything else going on, fine. But when you got kids and a family sure. and travel and all this, to justify that when I can watch it on TV. That's why I need the Brewers to win no right chance. now. I'm single. I can do that sort of thing. Right. <laughs> but when you get to that next level, there is no chance I'm doing that. Like zero chance. And when you know, when I was in my twenties, oh yeah, man. I got money packed away in a savings account, whatever. I'm in. Let's go. I don't care. I'll, I'll drive to wherever we got to mm-hmm. go um, if that's the case. It'd be but. hard for me to drive to Puerto Rico. Could try. Oh, that, I mean, <laughs> see what happens. Uh, okay, uh, so that's what's coming up on your show? Yeah, just reliving game six and the celebration. So we'll continue it here on the Fan Afternoon Show. Anybody, I, I obviously have been in this building for the last, uh, let's see here, seven hours. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews, or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.